0: We will not have our final message today by Mr. Andrew by Mr. Steve Andrews entitled Are We There Yet? Part two. I may not get finished with it. There may have to be a part three. <laughs> and the reason is I was reminded again and um, I like to that I didn't really think about making this a father's day message but I this trip that my mom and dad and my sister and I made to Colorado I think impressed both of us uh, immensely and My father was a little, was a very um, strong man. Uh, I have uh, a lot of his traits because he was a good hard worker. He loved to, he loved to work. In fact, when they had him uh, retire at 65, it liked to kill him. And uh, so he was, he, uh, he enjoyed working and he enjoyed being, uh, doing things and, and being a worker. And uh, and so consequently, uh, the, the traits that he had uh, were um, quite uh, quite good. And I remember growing up as a child, he was both a authoritarian and also uh, a listening father. And he the bad part about it is <laughs> I kind of went crazy and went. Uh, and, and became religious. He, he just couldn't understand it, and I, I I can understand that because God wasn't calling him at the time, just was not calling him. And like I said, when we were making this trip, we my sister and I kept saying, "Are we there yet? Are we there yet?" And of course he would uh, he would get a little upset with us, but he was very patient. We worked through it, and we got there. We we were able to visit some of uh, my my mother's relatives and his relatives I remember uh, my mother's uncle liked Limburger cheese of course one thing that sticks in your mind and the guy walks in and oh nasty stuff and the other one his brother had uh, throat cancer and so he had one of those things in his throat and he would talk through that thing you know he, he would talk to her. we always thought a little, a little strange but I, those things I remember this was a Uh, indelibly put into my mind the things that that we did as a family together uh, that year that we went to Colorado. Now, one of the memories that I had, I was a little off because I thought, well, we probably went to Pike's Peak. And then I got to remembering where we went was where there was a Buffalo Bill Cody was buried. And I, w- I went and looked that up because I was kind of interested in finding that out. And it was a, a Lookout Mountain. It's just outside of Golden, Colorado. Well, it also has, <laughs> Pikes Peak has the, some of the, those roads, but this one also has some roads going up to it. And especially probably 50 years ago, they were not really well maintained. And I remember being on the floor uh, for the most part while we were driving up there. My dad was, he came from Colorado. He was used to driving in the mountains. It didn't bother him a bit. He was up there just, I think he wanted to do it, just to, you know, just get a little closer to the edge and then come back. And so we were really wanting, are we there yet? Are we there yet, Dad? (laughs) Because we want to get up. And I'd look over the side and, you know, because we were making them hairpin turns and and we made it, and when we made it up there, it, the museum and all of the things that were there really impressed me. It was so interesting because he had, uh, there was rifle exhibits and all kinds of things up there that would impress a young boy. And so I don't remember the trip back down. <laughs> I have no recollection of going back down that hill. And so the the... the the things my dad gave me, and I was, as I was uh, thinking yesterday about the things that we heard at uh, Lori's funeral and the different things, and how the kids remembered all the, those things, I remember some of the things that, about my dad, and, and, and that uh, came to my, to, to my thinking, to my light. Uh, and, and he never could understand why I believe this way. And that's the reason why I am so thankful for the last great day that my dad, I'll be able to, when he's resurrected, I'll be able to teach him. I'll be able to bring this truth to him and this way of life. And I'm pretty sure he will accept it. He was a very reasonable man, but he was a, he was a more worldly man. He was not a religious man. He claimed that he had gone to the Methodist church for a while, but He was not not truly a religious man. Uh, He would fall under the spell of Christmas and Easter, but I don't think he really ever um, had any feelings for them. Well, there was another son, a great son, who followed his father, especially while he was on the earth. And that son was Jesus Christ. And whatever the father told him, to say and to do, he did it. And he followed the Father completely and totally for all the time that he was on this earth. And you can read that. He said that. What I say is what the Father has told me to say. And so when we see, like the prophecies, we know that God had given him that special insight and told him, this is what yours is to say. And so he would come. And he would bring the disciples and he would talk to them. And he said he loved the father and the father loved him. It was a father-son relationship. In the world today, when we have, you know, if you haven't lost your father early on to, to death, if you have a father that is good to you, that is a blessing. Because in the society today... That is what is lacking, especially in some of the ethnic groups. I think one of the areas that really is, um, really bothers me is that the, the black community and the fathers uh, in, that, in that area are not staying with their children. You have a lot of single mothers, and it makes a big difference if they could stay with their children and they could raise them and they would raise them cor- correctly and properly. Anyway, Jesus brought the message, the kingdom of God. First thing he said after he was uh, in the wilderness, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And so I have a few things I want to go through today. And as we talk about this, uh, it's a tail end of the one that I did last time. Are we there yet? Trying to... To, uh, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to finish it, but I'm going to do the best I can here today. In, in Matthew, the 24th chapter, beginning of verse 21, he says, For then shall there be great tribulation, such as was not sent the beginning of the world to this time, nor, uh, no, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days should be shortened. I think all of us are pretty much aware that with the society that we have today, there are enough weapons of mass destruction to pretty much take care of the whole population. Um, whether it be um, chemical, biological, nuclear, you could, you could destroy all the population. So today, those words are true except those days should be shortened, because if mankind got to that point, he could obliterate all, of, including himself. No flesh should be saved, but the elect's sake, those days shall, shall be shortened. Now, um, I want to turn to Daniel, because Daniel received some prophecies that were quite profound, and I'm going to tell you right now that I've read them for all the years that I've been uh, In this way, which is 50 plus now. And I'm still not completely understanding all that these prophecies have um, and how they're fulfilled. But I want to read them because this is a part of the end time. And I want to bring it up from 11, the end part of 11 through 12. And I want to read these things and, and not try to make... Um, not try to, to say this is what's going to happen but let us understand that as the end comes certain things are going to happen in the world and Jesus is talking about it and, and a lot of it is is laid out in, in Daniel and as we get closer and closer these prophecies will be revealed God will reveal them He'll give us quite a, an open mind of understanding because those that are left are going to be preaching the gospel up until the point where the angels have to preach the gospel. We understand that. Those that are going to be left, that that don't get martyred or don't have any, that, that are still around, they're going to be preaching the gospel because they're going to understand because God is going to give them that understanding. And of course, the two witnesses are going to stand up powerfully and preach the gospel. So there's going to be a witness and it's going to be there. And So in verse 40, it says, And at that and at the time of the end, so we're looking at the time of the end, shall the king of the south push at him, and the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind, with chariots and with horsemen and with many ships. And he shall enter into the countries and shall overflow and pass over. And he shall enter into the glorious land, and many countries shall be overthrown, but these shall escape out of his hand. Edom, Moab, and the chief children of Ammon. He he shall stretch forth his hands also upon the countries and the land of Egypt shall not escape. But he shall have power over the treasures of gold and of silver and over all the precious things of Egypt. And the the Libyans and the Ethiopians uh, shall be at his steps. But tidings out of the east and out of the north shall trouble him. Therefore he shall go forth with great fury to destroy and to utterly make uh, away many. And he shall plant... uh, uh, And he shall plant the tabernacle of his palace between the seas and the glorious holy mountain. Yet he shall come to his end, and none shall help him. So we're going to go to the book of Revelation also here in in a little bit, and we'll tie in some of this. So chapter 12 says, And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince which stands for the children of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even that same time. And that time your people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. So here we see the, Daniel's prophecy at that time, great tribulation, great tribulation. Those that are going to be written, uh, delivered are those that are written in the book of life. and We, uh, we know that. There's, there is a book that is being written for each one of us, that book of life. And many of them that slept in the dust of the earth shall awake, and, and some to everlasting life, and some to everlasting uh, contempt. And they that it be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. That's a promise, brethren, that we have, even in the book of Daniel. This prophecy is for us, that we shall shine in that day. and We shall shine like that forever and ever. We we're going to... We're going to be in the kingdom. But you, O Daniel, shut up the words, seal the book, even to the end of the time of the end. So I, this is what I'm saying. When the time of the, is right, these words will be open to us. And we will understand them so well that we will be able to preach about what's going to happen. Now we see certain things in the world today, don't we? We see certain things happening. And it, 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 does, it does worry us. It does puzzle us at what's going on. And so, um, he says, But you, O Daniel, shut up the uh, words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. And we're in a time of that. Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, there stood other two, the uh, the one on this side of the bank of the river, and the other on the other side of the bank of the river. And the one said to the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, how long shall it be to the end of these wonders? And I heard the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, when he held his right hand and his left hand to heaven, and swore by him that lives forever that it shall be for a time, times, and a half time. Well, that's three and a half time periods. And when he had, uh, and, and when he shall have accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, all these things shall be finished. And I heard, but I understood not. Then I said, Oh, my Lord, what shall be the end of these? And he said, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. There, actually, that's that's exactly why. Down through the ages, we have read and we've tried to understand, and, and it's rightly so. Watchmen try to understand what's going on. They want to know what's happening in the world, what's going on in the world, and, and so as watchmen, we want to know what the Scriptures say. But as long as they're sealed and not open to our eyes, because God will reveal them someday, so that we, there will be very clear as to what's happening. And there will be some that will, will be able to really see these things. Many shall be purified, made white, tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. And from the time that the daily sacrifice Shall be taken away, and the abomination that makes desolate set up. There shall be a thousand two hundred and ninety days. Blessed is he that waits and comes to the thousand three hundred and five and thirty days. But go your way till the end, uh, till the end be, for you shall rest and shall stand your lot in the end of days. That's kind of beautiful for Daniel. He said, "All right, you're going to go. You're going to go to sleep. You're going to die. But you are going to stand your lot in that day." You're going to be resurrected. And so Daniel had that assurance. And, and so we see here a time frame. We also see uh, that there's going to be some abomination uh, set up in the, in the holy place. And so we see some, some, some markers, as we would say. Some things to be aware of and to be looking for. And so far, we, I, I think they have a, a stone and, and, and they may have had... Um, one of the, the calves, the, the red heifer, may have some of those things over there. But I have not heard much about what's going on in, in Jerusalem right now. Okay, let's, let's go back to Matthew 24. Let's look at another, another marker. And, and I think we are pretty much aware of this, this Matthew 24. I know it's in here. I was just there a minute ago. Let's begin in, in verse 32. Now, learn a parable of the fig tree. He says, when the, the its branches is yet tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. Likewise, when you shall see all these things, know that um, uh, when you shall see all these things, know that it is near even at the door. So He's talking about the prophecies that he's been talking about. So I'm not going to go back and read those. You can read those. Verily I say to you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall, shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. But that day and hour knows no man. No, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. So it says day and hour. But I think we can probably see the, the, the events coming and the things that are, are beginning to put together uh, before that comes. But that is sealed. And the, the Father has that um, responsibility. But here is another marker. But as in the days of Noah were so also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall uh, also the coming of the Son of Man be. So let's go over to Genesis, the sixth chapter. And let's see what, what it says here. Because God had created, and, and uh, this was uh, many years down, down and, and he was very displeased with what was going on in the society. It came to pass, uh, let's see, I want to pick it up in verse 11. Um, actually, and I want to pick it up a little earlier than that. Let's pick it up in verse 5. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was evil continually. Here, here, is, here is something to understand. As in the days of Noah, their heart had only evil continually. So is it going to come to a society where all is just evil continually? It seems like the mob rule and things that are going on in the society today seems to be pushing the uh, law and order out of the United States. And in fact, it's been going on in the world. I I remember um, we're seeing all kinds of... um, Restrictions going on because of the COVID-19. And when I was uh, when I was working for Amico back in the 70s and 80s, I I actually went to Canada twice with them and no passport. But that that you have to have a passport to go to Canada now. Uh, I kept the feast when Michael was a baby twice, and went at that time also went to Mexico with no passport. Most of us, a little older, can remember when you could walk into the airport, go all the way back to the concourse, sit on the chairs if you want to, and watch the airplanes come and go. No more. You better have a ticket. And now, you, very soon, you are going to have to have the universal ID to get on an airplane. I, I was talking to one of the... Uh, TAG agencies, this was actually in Cleveland, and she said, yeah, we spent a long time getting to know how to pass, you know, put this into to place, to be able to, to give, uh, to, to issue these universal IDs to people. It is a big thing that's coming, and I, I don't know what it is, but one of these days, no one will be able to get on an airplane, right now, <laughs> without a mask, but it's also coming that you won't be able to get on an airplane without a universal ID. So it's going to, it, it, restrictions are beginning to, to develop. And we're seeing some things change in the world. And the, is the heart of man becoming more and more evil? Is that happening? Do we see that? Is that something that we're aware of? Um, and you look at the news, I think something, sometimes we do. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him in his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping things, and the fowls of the air, for it repented. And that word, actually, it was grieving God. It was grieving him that he had made them. It got so bad that he was grieved in his heart that he had made them. Thankfully, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. One man, one man, found grace. And, of course, the generations, you can read the generations of Noah. He said in verse 12 now, let's pick it up in verse, actually, let's pick it up in verse 11. The earth also was corrupt before the earth. The earth was filled with violence. Doesn't that sound? The earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt for all flesh, had corrupted its way upon the earth. If I had a cowbell, I'd ring it. <laughs> the point is, we don't know in 1,600 years what really happened. I mean, that's about what it took, about how long it was before Noah's flood. At least they estimated that it was about 1,600 years. 1,600 years and that many people on the earth... No telling what they were doing. No telling what they had come up with. No telling how the violence had escalated and things were doing. And imagine, certain people were living hundreds and hundreds of years. And they could be powerful rulers in those hundreds and hundreds of years. And so we see that God looked on this and realized that the corruption was not going to end. And he had to do something and God said to Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the, with the earth. Make you an ark of gopher wood, rooms that shall you make of the ark, and shall pitch it inside and out. And you can read about all that what Noah did to prepare for that, for that flood and to be ready. Let's go back to Matthew, the 24th chapter again. So we look at, it again, Matthew 24. And let's, let's, uh, look, let's go to, uh, to verse 42 this time. Um, he says, Watch you, therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord does come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known and watched the thief would come, he would have watched and would have not have allowed his house to be broken up. We have that problem today, don't we? Uh, businesses are being broken into. Uh, men are, are are taking up arms to keep from having their businesses destroyed and their homes destroyed. And they're, they're getting guards around it because the, the things are being destroyed. They're, so Jesus says, uh, The good man, if he had known the thief was going to come, he would have watched and would have not allowed his house to be broken up. Pretty interesting, isn't it? Therefore, be you also ready, for in such an hour as you think not the Son of Man comes, whom then is faithful and wise servant, whom his Lord has made ruler over his household, to give them meat in due season. Blessed is that servant, whom his Lord when he comes shall find so doing. And so that's what we are commanded to do. We are commanded to keep preaching and teaching and, um, until our last breath, as if we can pass it on from generation to generation, to keep preaching this Word, in season and out, because we want to be ready. We don't know, but we see the signs in the, in the society and things that are happening, and we know that eventually these things are going to be fulfilled and things are going to come together that are going to fill these prophe- uh, the prophecies. And so, as Jesus said, you be ready. You be awake. And he has a warning here for those that sleep. He says, Verily I say unto you, that he shall make him rule over his goods. Verse 47. But, and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord delays his coming, and shall begin to smite his fellow servants, and to eat and to drink with the drunken, the Lord, that servant shall come, uh, the Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looks not for him, and an hour that he is not aware of, and shall cut him asunder and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth, because people will be uh, will lose their reward, their reward. So let's let's now go to Revelation the thirteenth chapter, and I'll see if how far I can get with a few of these. Um, Scriptures here that I'm would like to, to read, because in the end, Satan becomes very, very, very active. we find that in the scriptures that he, even though he's active today, he will become extremely active in that final those final days before Christ returns. He will be fomenting armies and different things and bringing about all of this. To destroy mankind. He hates man. He hates mankind. And so let's look and see what we have here. I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. So whatever this is, whenever you say the names of blasphemy, this is an abomination. God hates it. It is an abomination to him. The beast which I saw was like to a leopard, and his feet were the feet of a bear. The mouth was the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. The dragon is Satan. In the the Bible, especially in the book of Revelation, the dragon is Satan. And for most of us, it will be written down there, and it is in my Bible. I saw one of his heads were wounded to death and his um, deadly wound was healed and the world wondered after the beast. They worshipped the dragon which gave power to the beast. So you see the underlying worship. You do realize that in the society that we live in today, the the men are beginning to move more and more. (laughs) They're even setting up uh, Satan worship. They're becoming atheists. Um, all kinds of abominable things are going on because Satan is, is beginning to, to influence people so that one of these days he will be able to take them over and use them. And, and I'm sure uh, that most of these things that we see in, in the society today is Satan moving the society in his direction. That's the reason why we've got to preach and teach. To, to come out of this world. To not be a part of this world. Because we're going to see that the dragon really does have a lot of power. And he will take that power and he will use it to destroy and try to destroy mankind. Uh, which gave power to the beast. And they worshiped the beast saying, who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And it was given to him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given to him to come Uh, to continue forty and two months. That's three and a half years. We see that again. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God, to blaspheme his name, and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given to him to make war with the saints, and to overcome them. And power was given to him over all kindreds, and tongues, and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. God will give us understanding that we will not be worshiping this beast. We may put our lives on the line, but we will, not, we will understand that worshiping or having anything to do with this will, will be an abomination and it will put us against God. If a man have an ear, let him hear. That's what it says. If, a man, if any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leads into captivity shall go into captivity. He that kills with a sword must be killed with a sword. Here is the patience of the faith of the saints. And I beheld another beast coming up out of, the, out of the earth. And they had two horns like a lamb. And he spoke as a dragon. Interesting, isn't it? It kind of looks like, a, looks like a, a lamb, but speaks like an evil dragon, like Satan. And he exercises all the power of the first beast before him, causes the earth and them that dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. And he does, not, he does great wonders so that he makes fire come from, down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. And deceives them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast. Saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image of the beast which, they, which had the wound by the sword and did live. And he had the power to give life to the image of the beast. That the image of the beast should uh, both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. So you can see that this beast, they'll have a lot of power. And they will not um, tolerate those who are uh, standing against them. It causes all both great and small, rich and poor, free and bond, to re- receive a mark in the right hand or in their foreheads. And no man might buy or sell save that he that had a mark in the same of the beast or the uh, number of his name herein is the wisdom. Let him that has understanding count the number of the beast, for it is and the number of a man. And his number is six hundred three score and six, or six six six. <laughs> if it comes up six six six, make it six six seven. You know, <laughs> don't don't have anything with six 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 on it. Uh, um, there's been a lot of speculation, hasn't there, over. Uh, I remember, and I, I said this once before when I was going through some of these, I said, oh yeah, uh, I, I first, when they first started using barcodes so years and years ago, and uh, the, the barcodes were uh, the mark of the beast. Everybody was going, and I, I got to thinking, oh, well, it's just a, 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 a ability to, to keep track of, of goods and services, but I guess it could be used for evil um, if it had... If you had something put in your in your arm and they could track you, uh, someone was talking about putting one of those in so that they'd know that you had been vaccinated against COVID-19. Uh, kind of like the mark of the beast. I don't know. I don't really know where this is going to take us, but it's, it's important to be aware of what's going on, what's happening in the society today, and where, we're, where the world is being led, uh, by those who want one who don't want the believers in Jesus Christ uh, to continue. Because there's a lot of those. And those who are wanting a one world government. I was, I, I was really surprised. I can't remember who it was. Someone in Europe was, was saying it's time for a one world government because of the COVID-19. We need a one-world government to, to focus on this. and So it, be aware of what's happening. Be aware of people that talk about things like that. We have enough of a society that could cave in very easily to these things, especially all over the world. And with this uh, COVID-19, it was pretty scary how, how easy it was to put people into... Um, into quarantine who were not even sick. There came one of the seven angels. Now, this is chapter 17 of Revelation. I want, to, I want to read chapter 17 because this is a part of the Babylonian mystery religion. There came one of the seven angels which had the seven vials and talked to me, saying to him, Come here, I'll show you the judgment of the great whore that sits upon the waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, And the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast full of the names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of the abominations and filthiness of her fornication. So this is a pretty nasty woman. We know that the the woman also that's talked about that was pure and white and clean um, is the church. So this is something that is an abomination to God. Um, It is something that God hates and but has seen this exist on the earth down through the ages. Believe it or not, this Babylonian mystery religion has been in extent for quite a long time. I'm not going to read from the book, but if you haven't, if you haven't uh, read it in a while it would probably be a good thing to do it if you, have, if you can find a copy of it, a Babylonian Mystery Religion by uh, Ralph Edward Woodrow, it goes through a lot of the different things and, um, and I know I'm not going to mention the church, I want you to just read it and think about it because there is a lot of, of, of paganism involved and a lot of things that um, might play out eventually. So, let's pick this back up again, where I was. Uh, carried me in the spirit into the wilderness. I saw a woman sitting, scarlet covered beast, full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color, and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand, full of the abominations and filthiness of her fornication. It's interesting, on the outside, it, 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 it looks beautiful, but because of what is there. Abominations, filthiness, and her fornication. She is, she is uh, wretched and filthy. And upon her forehead was name written. Mystery Babylon the Great. The mother of harlots and the abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints. And with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her I wondered with great admiration. And if you haven't read uh, the book of martyrs I don't remember who it was by but it is kind of very difficult to read because they did all kinds of cruel, cruel things to people to get them to to uh, uh, to not uh, do certain things one, the Sabbath uh, many different things they would, would persecute people especially true Christians and the Jews and the angel said to me wherefore did, did you marvel? I will tell you of the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carries her, which has seven heads and ten horns. The beast that you saw was and is not and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and to go into perdition. And they shall dwell in the earth. that shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world when they behold the beast that was and is not and yet is. And there is a, and here is the mind of which has wisdom. The seven heads or seven, seven mountains on which the woman says And there are seven kings. Five are fallen. One is and another is not yet come. And when he comes he must continue a short time. And the beast that was and is not. Even he is the eighth. And is of the seven. And, can, and goes into perdition. And the ten horns which you saw. Are ten kings. Which have received no kingdom as yet. But have received power as kings one hour. With the beast, and if you remember, uh, in Daniel's imagery, that ten kings or the ten toes on that image uh, is destroyed by that rock that comes down, and God destroys all of the when He comes back, he destroys all of those. They become uh, dusting. And takes over all of uh, the kingdoms of this uh, of the uni- of the world, and so those. Let's see, how far did I want to go there? And so I, I, I don't want to go much further than that. You can read all of that there. What I would like to do is I would like to, a couple of scriptures here. Uh, one that we read on a regular basis at, 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 at baptism. And that's in 2 Peter. I want you to be encouraged because your way of life, your, your life itself, as was mentioned about Larry general is secure in christ that's secure if we don't if if we have to live through this and we have to go through all the tribulation and trials and tribulation that great tribulation and god uh, wants us to serve or wants us to live through it or wants us to be martyred we'll do that or if we are buried if we die before that time we are secure we have been separated because our, our our names are written in that book in heaven, so he says, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God, our Savior Jesus Christ, and uh, righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. I want to make sure I read that, grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus, our Lord. He says, According as His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that has called us to glory and virtue. Everyone who has accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior is called to glory and virtue in the kingdom. We can buy, we can be aware, we can preach, we can teach, but we can understand that our, our home, our, our final place is the kingdom of God. And we will reside in that beautiful um, thing that God, that beautiful house that God is going to bring down, the mansion, that we have a place in it and we have a calling there, whereby are giving to us exceedingly great and precious promises that by these You might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption of this world through lust. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to you you faith, uh, virtue. And to virtue, knowledge. And to knowledge, temperance. And to temperance, patience. And to patience, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity, of course, which is love. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacks these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and is forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall not never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And one final scripture, which encourages all of us, and that's first Thessalonians, the fourth chapter. As Paul wants us to be really encouraged, and he even says, comfort one another with these. He says, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, them also which slept in Jesus will, bring, uh, will God bring with him. See, those who die or are sleeping in Jesus, they are going to be resurrected. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain to the coming of the Lord shall not precede. Uh, that word prevent means precede them which are asleep. They're going to be resurrected, so if anyone is still alive at that time, at the resurrection, they will have to wait for those that sleep to be resurrected. And it will be a glorious time, brethren, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, and I say this, brethren, wherefore, comfort one another with these words.